Welcome to the next generation of energy with Rosewater Energy Group. Traditionally, power availability has been the overriding objective for home automation. But 21st century advances have shifted this paradigm. It's no longer a question of power availability. The real question is, how good is your power? Our podcast explores the shifting paradigm to educate our listeners on the importance of power quality, the foundation upon which premium home automation is built. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Next Generation of Energy presented by Rosewater Energy Group. I'm Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the show. Today, we're talking about power plans, power plans for specific projects. Now, you might not know what a power plan is. Good thing for you. Joe Piccarelli is here to break all of that down for us. Tell us what a power plan is and how it's implemented, what that looks like, and give us all the details around those. So, Joe, welcome to another episode of the podcast. Good to talk to you, sir. Well, thank you, Tyler. It's nice to be on. Unlike the Midwest of the country, I'm in South Florida, so you know we, we complain when it gets to fifty. So, <laughs> but, but we normally, we, normally we, that's me. You know, I'm in Texas, and it's it's been below freezing for over 24 hours now, so it's apocalyptic oh, here. Oh my God, the world is coming to an end. Yes, but anyway, <laughs> we're here to, today to talk about power plants, and we're here to talk about what those mean and why you should have them. But, you know, I want to start out, and we've discussed this before, as we continue to automate homes and businesses, we are loading them up with microprocessors. And microprocessors want consistent voltage, consistent current, so consistent power in general. They certainly do not like power outages. And the problem is, if you have SAGs and surges, microprocessors, at the very best, their longevity is, is compromised. Worst case, they don't work. And the consequences these days of those things not working are significant compromises to your lifestyle. You might not be able to turn on your lights. Your HVAC might not work. Lots of things can go wrong. And if you have children and your network goes out, you want, you want it's a one-way ticket to the insane asylum. So, you know, you want all that stuff to work. So it was interesting. As you know, Tyler, we were in Dallas a few weeks ago, and we had a group of dealers together to talk about power conditioning and, and battery backup. And Mark Ayub, who is our representative in the Rocky Mountain States, asked this great question. He says, I ask all my clients, what is your power plan for this project? And that was this huge light went off because it was such a brilliant question. You know, and, and then of course, as I started noodling through it and, and you asked me, Joe, what is a power plan? <laughs> and, and really, what we're talking about is, can you create levels of protection for all of the critical systems in your house? Hmm. And, and it, you know, it's a series of concentric circles. And it, you know, the outermost circle is the circle that has the least amount of protection. It's, you know, it's a far out border. And, you know, it, it's wall outlets, it's pool equipment outdoor entertainment, outdoor lighting, the things that in a power outage, short or long-term, you really wouldn't be using. So those things are, in my mind, left off of your power plant because you are not going to, you're not going to back them up. It's not worth backing them up. Right. You know, again, in a power outage, you're not going to be lighting up the outdoors. Then there is a second level of protection we both live in southern states that, you know, in the in the summer can get pretty warm. So air conditioning becomes really important. 
vitally important. Refrigeration is really important. It's nice to have hot water and cold water. So those things are sort of level two. And because they are big motors, they are not as sensitive to voltage fluctuations. So the ideal backup for those big motors is a generator. So if you have a generator, that's sort of your level to fall back. It will keep those comfort. You know, the air conditioning is comfort. The refrigeration is important for food. Microwave stovetops, those things all need to be working. So the generator is perfect for that. And, and, and you know, you might want to say, well, you can do that with batteries. Well, you can, but batteries are a fixed pool of power. And those are high drain items. So if you have a long-term outage, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. How, how many days were you guys out last last winter about this time, Tyler? I mean, most people didn't have power for something like five days. Yeah. yeah. And to do that with batteries, you would have to have a building board of batteries to pull that out. So, yes. you know, it just doesn't make any sense. So the power plan there is, okay, I know I want those comfort features. I know they are huge battery drains. And if I am protecting myself from a long-term outage, I will need a generator to provide those things. Now, there is level three. Level three is all of your security, all of your networking, all of your communication, all of your entertainment gear, your lighting, your lighting, all of your control systems in the house. Those are all microprocessor intensive. And many people would consider those to be super critical. When it's dark, it's nice to have your lights go on. Unfortunately, you know, you could say, well, if I have a generator, I could back up all that stuff. And you'd be right. You could back up all that stuff. But a generator is incredibly dirty power. Generators do not anticipate loads increasing or decreasing. So they spike, they Mm -hmm. surge. So they could actually, the generator could actually knock those things out in the middle of a power outage and now you're back to ground zero. And it is those things, this third level of mission critical stuff that it would be important to back up with a rosewater or rosewater type device. As I've said many times on this podcast, I'm not objective. So you should have a rosewater. We appreciate your your honesty and your candor. uh, You know, it is the best built of its type. So, and I've worked really hard to make it that, but it is, regardless of what you're using for power conditioning, all kidding aside, that is critical. And, and that's what a power plan looks like. You know, a power plan looks like, okay, I understand what my priorities are, my being the project manager or the client. How do I meet my priorities in a reasonable fashion? Hmm. Does that make sense? That absolutely makes sense. And and it makes sense hearing you describe that, why that's such an important question to ask in the beginning, right? Not as you go along or not towards the end, but you, you kind of need to start with that, right? Yes. Great point you make. Because remember, a house is wired. And if you're re- remodeling or, or building, you have all that wiring. And when you're doing the wiring before the sheetrock is up, it's way easier, you know? <laughs> When you're trying to do it, when the walls are all up, you've got to take the walls down and that becomes painful. It is also one of those things that in the past, we've never had to think about. You know, in the past, the consequences of dirty power were minimal, but it is important straight up. And I, I think you do your clients, you do the project managers 
a, a real disservice if you don't lead with that question. Because once they've suffered the consequences of poor power, now they're angry. You know, the fact is they weren't told about it. Mm -hmm. Because most of us don't think about it until it affects us. Right. So I, I think that, you know, being able to ask that question out front, it, it should be at the architectural level, actually. If you can, you know, sit down with the architect and say, let's talk about the power plans. You know, how are we going to wire this thing for the power plan? Right. It's funny. I was on a project last week or the week before last, and the project was three quarters of the way done. They haven't drywalled yet, but they never thought about the power plan. Hmm. And then my my dealer and and I went in and I sat down with the project manager and I said, okay, let's talk about the power plan for this house. And they were so far along in the wiring that they literally had to rewire half the house. And it was just like, you know, the electrician was beside himself. But it was just, wait a minute, why didn't you think of this house was highly automated? You know, the client is wants to have a comfortable, predictable lifestyle. You got to do this. So to your point, bringing it up early is critical. I cannot believe how many people don't bring it up at all. Yeah. Instance, have you ever heard the question asked before? No, this is the, this is the first. This is why I had to ask you, you know, that's why I, I come mean, to you for this information. And, and that's the thing. When, when, when Mark said it in our little roundtable in Dallas, I'm just going, wow, wow. I mean, that's a question should be asked on every project, regardless of size. Mm. You know, there are people who look at projects and say, well, OK, I'm going to assume the budget doesn't have enough to make, you know, I'll put in a rosewater or a generator. And you're making an assumption for a client that is incorrect. And, you know, my philosophy is, you know, why guess when you can simply ask? Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I, I think our I think our last podcast we we discussed quite a bit of the idea that that people make assumptions for their clients that they shouldn't make, right? Offer them the best, and right. you know have that conversation at least. But you're doing a disservice by not presenting all of the options. That that is absolutely the correct. In, in many ways, it's almost insulting because you're mm -hmm. saying, "Oh, I don't think you can afford this," or "I don't think you you understand this," and it's that's just just crazy. It just really is crazy to not, hey, wait, here's how it works. Let's talk about what's important to you. Let's talk about building a power plant. Yeah, yeah. And and the, the other thing that, that is interesting to me about all this is that power is becoming a much more uh, widely discussed topic, or at least it is in, in a lot of the places that I read, a lot of the conversations I have with people who are my age and, and that sort of thing. Power and and power quality is starting to become a much more frequently had conversation. And so if it's not presented as an option, if, if a power plan isn't discussed and then a client or, you know, the, you know, someone out there learns about this and then they go to who the electrician and the electrician goes to the general contractor and the contractor goes to the architect, everyone asking, how come this wasn't something that was presented ahead of time? Right. And it's going to run its way all the way up the food chain at a certain point. Right. Exactly. And, and all of those people would, should be embarrassed by, you know, every, every one of those layers should have asked that question. Yeah. And it is interesting that you, that you talk about it. One of the industry magazines, the, the top five, five trends for 2022, one of the trends was power, power quality. It mm -hmm. is amazing now. And I, I think, you know, certainly for your generation and younger, because 
communication, networking, streaming is so important and it is so vulnerable to poor power. It is now, wait, your lifestyle is extremely compromised if you don't have a PowerPoint and buy bad power. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm a, I, I'm an old time audiophile and I love high quality music. But it, it turns out if you get a good streaming service and you have all the right gear, you can get awfully good audio quality, even for somebody as picky and old fashioned as I am streaming. And I'll tell you, right. if I have if I have a power outage and I can't listen to music, I'm not happy. <laughs> Just not happy because music calms me. You know, it, it is it's an important piece, really important piece. I think maybe the industry as a whole, and you can correct me if I'm wrong about this, but maybe has been slow to understand that. Whereas maybe things like security and, and certain communication devices and, and lighting and different different aspects of that that used to be high end are now much more accessible. Like I, I remember movies in the 90s, like if you had a security system, that was an indication that, oh, this is a really nice house or yes. you know something like that. But nowadays, that's something that, that a lot of people have that's way more accessible than it used to be. But maybe the industry hasn't quite caught up to the fact that some of these things that are level three type items are now much more readily available in the marketplace for people that it may have been prohibitive in the past, but now it's it's accessible for a wide range of people. I think you've hit the nail on the head. It is, you know, all of a sudden control, networking, security, mm-hmm. all of those things are commonplace. And what I, what I also find interesting, and I, I'd be curious to see if we get feedback from the audience on this. It used to be a house was mechanical, electrical, plumbing. Those were the infrastructure pieces. And, you know, the Electrical piece of the house was wiring, J boxes, outlets and switches, you know, and Mm -hmm. lighting cams. And now all of a sudden there's the network, the information that touches all aspects of the house, which is where the power plant is most necessary. Who's going to bring that up? It's not the plumber. He's never going to bring it up, right? The mechanical guy is going to bring it up, even though it affects both plumbing and mechanical now, because you have plumbing fixtures that if you run your hand across them, will turn on. That requires a microprocessor. Right. Uh, and the electrical contractors, unfortunately, are stuck in the 80s and 90s. They still mm-hmm. think it's about switches and J-boxes. So they're not bringing it up. So it is the system integrator, the networking people. It is their job to go to the architect and say, hey, what's the power play for this house? Hmm. And that that's where I think there's the real disconnect is that it's taken a while for to figure out who's going to step up and bring this to the forefront. And I am very pleased to see that within the system integrator community, our dealer base, you're seeing our guys step up and really, okay, because it is critical to everything we're putting into a house, we can't wait for them to catch up. We have to do it. So I think that's pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. That is that is really cool to be on the forefront of, of moving a conversation like this forward. I think it is an important and a, and a groundbreaking thing and, a, and a, a great thing to be a part of. Yeah, I'm really heartened. I'm really, you know, in the last year, things have really been turned around and it's the momentum is building and building rapidly. So I'm happy to see it. Well, Joe, any, any final thoughts, anything you want to leave the audience with on this conversation, uh, either action items um, or, uh, or, or just general takeaways you want people to know after this episode? Well, for those people listening that are system integrators and for those people listening that are about to build a project, I would suggest strongly to all of you to use that question. 
just to see where the question leads you. What is the power plan for this project? And if you get a bunch of blank stares, you might want to choose some different people because that's going to be a problem because you will be, if you don't have a power plan, you will be disappointed in the outcome of the project. That's what I'd like to leave them with. And of course, if you have any comments or criticisms or anything at all about our podcast, of course, contact me. That would be great. Absolutely. Reach out. And, you know, earlier Joe said, hey, we'll see, you know, what the audience thinks about this, this statement. If you hear something on the podcast and you want to give us some feedback, feel free to reach out. The, the website's rosewaterenergy.com. Reach out to Joe, reach out to me. We'll, we'll cover some topics on a podcast. If you have questions, if you have thoughts, if you have, um, you know, different, uh, different things that you've run into, let us know and we'll, you know, might just do a whole podcast episode on it. Who knows? So with that being said, Joe, thanks so much for joining me for another episode of The Next Generation of Energy. It's a pleasure having these conversations with you, and I enjoyed it as always. Tyler, thank you, and I, I too enjoyed it, and I look to do it again soon. Absolutely. And everyone out there, thank you for joining us for another episode of the show. Like I mentioned, the website, rosewaterenergy.com. If you want to reach out, if you want to get in touch about the things we discuss here on the podcast. And while you're there, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts these days. You can subscribe to stay up to date with the latest episodes of the show. And stay tuned. Like Joe mentioned, we'll be doing more of these in the future. So stay tuned. Get in touch if you want to know about a specific topic or you want us to discuss something uh, specifically. Get in touch and let us know. But until then, for my guest today, Joe Piccarelli, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.